0: Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of the Football Digest podcast. We're a man down, but hopefully he's going to join us shortly, even though he's running late already. Blimey, it's lucky we don't issue fines in this place. But I'm already joined by Andy Dunn, uh, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Mirror, and Jeremy Cross, whose timekeeping is Brilliant, I must say. Um, almost as good as his writing, uh, uh, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Star. And we are waiting soon to be joined by, I'm sure, Matt Dunn from the Daily Express. Uh, good afternoon to you guys. We were all at the um, England game there last night. So we'll have lots of England chat. And I have to say, the squad breakdown. I don't know. There seems to be an awful lot of managerial comings and goings. Probably more to come, isn't there? I think Uh, Ancelotti. What do we think about that? The PFA Player of the Year shortlist. Who is missing? Who should who should win it? Um, Yeah, and it's uh, Aguero also joining um, Barcelona, which is an interesting one, which we must have a look at. But let's start, shall we? First, um, uh, please with uh, the England game last night, really and friendly against very, very average uh, Austria side, a side in disarray. England were missing their own players, really. Didn't finish the best. So what did we we learn? Jeremy, what did you learn and take out of last night, um, do you think?
1: Well, it was a difficult one to assess, really, because obviously there was no City players or Chelsea players due to their involvement in last weekend's Champions League game. Um, So they won't join up with the squad until uh, the end (laughs) of this week ahead of the next game. So, what we learned, we learned that Bellingham is going to be a really, really, really world-class player if he keeps on this current trajectory. I thought it was excellent last night. He just does the basics really well. He looked commanding. It's hard to believe he's still 17, really. I think he was the youngest player to start an England game since Wayne Rooney back in 2003. So he just doesn't look phased at all about the level he's got to. Um, he's obviously been playing for um, Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League, which is obviously a high standard. So... He just looks like he's going to be really, really special and I just think it's going to be interesting to see if he may even make the starting eleven for the Croatia game when the tournament starts. So that was a positive. Grealish was good. I thought Grealish was excellent. He was at the hub of everything that was positive about England. Um, dare we say it, Lingard was pretty lively too. He looked like a guy who <laughs> wanted to prove something after being left yeah. out of the final cut. Um, so there were some positives, but it's hard to judge them as a team as a whole because there were certain personnel missing who will be in the starting eleven come um, June the thirteenth. So I thought they started well. England they looked lively and bright and purposeful, but the sort of sparkle faded a bit. And they got lost a little bit. They looked a bit disjointed as longer the game went on. And actually, when the final whistle came, it was actually a blessing for England more than Austria because you know yeah. they, they could the Austrians, however limited and average they fe- you felt they were. They could have had at least one goal, maybe two. The defending at the end was almost catastrophic, you know. Um, there was almost an own goal. Pickford missed time a punch that caused Carnage at the back. Alexander went off injured. So it was all a bit of a sad ending, really, a worrying ending. But it's hard to judge them after that game. You know, it's the first time they've played for a while. It was an experimental team, so you know while we didn't think Crikey we're going to hit our straps really quickly here and go into the tournament, you know, in fine form. It was sort of a. It left more questions than answers for me, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did Andy? Andy, were you? Were you sort of similarly impressed? I mean, you know, I have to say the, the, the Jack Grealish fanfare always gets me after every England game, and a lot <laughs> of people made him man of the match. And he's a brilliant character, isn't he? I love extroverts. I love kind of characters and. What did you make of his 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 performance? Is, is he playing, and is he at a level now where you can realistically see Gareth Southgate maybe changing his plans and putting Jack Grealish in that starting
2: lineup? Put him in the starting lineup, and maybe mm. even John putting him putting him in the in number ten role. I mean, right. you, you know that that would be a great role for him. Yes, I can. I can see him start in the starting lineup. You know the clamour for Grealish to play you know, has been there for a long time and while he wasn't sensational last night, there was nothing in his performance that suggested he shouldn't start. He makes things happen, doesn't he? You know, he Mm -hmm. was, albeit sort of um, on the fringes, he he was involved in the goal, you know, in in, in, in one form or other. Um, And he, he is a player that just can create that piece of magic. You know, we've got a lot of players and Jeremy mentioned Bellingham who was outstandingly correct does everything correctly we've got a lot of players who do everything you know in a very accomplished way Greenish brings a touch of the unknown he brings a touch of the match when they're about it doesn't he he brings a touch of, of magic to proceedings and that's why the clamour will increase for him to play he, he lifts um, a team out of the ordinary and, that, and that's mm-hmm. why I think he'll play on the negative side Jeremy's gone through the positives there I mean just being sort of um, to give the balance, the negatives to that was that Jack Grealish then was had his his leg encased in, in ice, which he says obviously is just you know routine and a precaution from this injury that forced him to miss three months of the season. Um, so we had Grealish encased in ice, Alexander Arnold limping off and seemingly certain to limp out of the Euros. Jordan Henderson crying off because he didn't feel right in the morning. Jaden Sancho not well. Harry Maguire nowhere near. So, you know, there are a fair few negatives as well about about the initial stages of this preparation for Euro 2020. In mitigation to that, you know, you have got 26 players. um, So there is a a little bit of um, slack to be be had in in the squad. But even so, I think what we're seeing is not so much... I, I don't feel as though... I don't have any particular pressing concerns about the quality of the squad, about the quality of the players... Um, the Southgate uh, as has at his di- disposal I'm fine with that I think it's an exciting squad and I think there are elements of last night's game which were exciting you know Saka scoring a goal and, and all around mm-hmm. made made it look as though he's going to make something happen the concerns I think are more are, are more physically it's as simple as that you know after the season mm-hmm. that, that, that we've had um, it's telling on a lot of players out there, you know, and, and the tournament hasn't even started yet. And I think that's mm. the, they're, they're the issues really that will be of more pressing concern South Gates. How, you know, you start off by asking about Grealish. Yes, great. I would love him to play all three group games for England. I would love him to start against Croatia. However, managing Grealish's um, physical state um, you, you know, no, knowing that he wants to play every game, knowing that he's absolutely buzzing for it, knowing that his mentality is "get me out there, I want to show what I can do," and Southgate's going to have to turn around and say, "Well, well listen, you know, we need to assess exactly how many minutes you're capable of, what you can do," and I think that won't be Greenish alone; that will be a lot of players in that squad.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a fair point. Will Cumberton mm. actually is sort of posted a, mm. a, a very good point actually saying we didn't play five-three-two, which is what we've. What we're playing at the Euros. The only thing I'd say about that, it will, will I'm not sure anymore. that I mean, I think if Southgate has the personnel, then I think he'd prefer to go back to a four to squeeze all his yeah. attacking players in, if I'm honest. Um, you know, is, is this we don't give away anything to the way to the opposition, or just we didn't because we didn't have the personnel? Well, I think in response to that, I do feel as if I felt as if last night was a very good reason why they should go back to a three or a five, whichever, whichever you, you choose, really, simply because I um you know, without without Harry Maguire's presence, my word, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Tyrone Mings, I thought, was lucky not to be sent off last night, had a bit of a shaky game, and the defensively, Matt, I don't know whether you agree, is the defence the big, the big issue that, that, you know, to come out of last night, to remind last night that we're not, you know, not in that class without big players like Maguire and Stone.
3: Yeah, if Osterick can pull them out of shape as quick and easily as they did last night, then what are the French going to do to, to the defence? I mean, admittedly, it won't be that defence. I think the reason, one of the main reasons he only played with a back four is because with all the Champions League players, I don't think he had three centre-backs last mm. night. Um, uh, so, I mean, I think he was forced into a four um, pretty much. Um, so, so that that I think explains that tactical one, but yeah, increasingly you think we are going to need that that third if Maguire's not going to be fit for the group games, which is you know no one's ruling him in particularly hurriedly hurriedly at the moment. I mean, it'll be different when he's met up uh, and got a bit of training under his belt. But that that Croatia game's coming up very quickly. You know, if we're starting a game with you know Stones and. Uh, Stones and uh, Mings as our back two centre-backs, then you, you sort of fear for that a little bit and we need to score lots of goals at the other end. And unfortunately, it wasn't signs of that happening either. I'm still not buying this greedish thing, Andy. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> His contribution to the goal was not being able to get onto Lingard's return ball. Um, and thankfully, the defender knocked it on to, to Saka for him. Um, I mean, uh, and he, he won some free kicks, which we need to... Free kick specialist to knock in unfortunately um, he's left James Ward-Prowse out of the squad at the moment so I wonder if that's one to think of um, if Trent Alexander-Arnold needs replacing because if he can win free kicks around the box and we've got someone who can put them in the top corner then that's a different matter but I think he runs into too many blind alleys for my liking and and actually Grealish you mean Grealish Grealish Grealish
0: Matt, Matt I must just point out, we, we were both on a sort of a BBC sort of kind of press call, weren't we, a couple of weeks mm. ago, where Micka Richards said that Jack Grealish is world class. Thierry Henry oh. could barely contain his mirth, could he? Basically. I'm with Thierry
3: on that, to be fair. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it was quite amusing, wasn't it?
3: I mean, Greenish for all he's—he's not got Thierry Henry's va va voom, has he? So I mean, when you're on that sort of, when you're making that sort of comparison, but that's what that playmaker needs to be. If you're the playmaker of one of the teams hoping to win the tournament, you need to be world class. And I don't think he's just quite that good enough. Gaza was. Uh, Jack Greenish isn't quite there, and much as you want him to be better and do, and it's great to see someone doing something the defenders aren't expecting when it never ends in an end product. I was watching when England didn't have the ball mm. and you see Saka and you saw Lingard chasing defenders, harrying defenders all the time uh, and winning possession. And for the first half an hour, Austria struggled to get out of the pen at their own um, half because of the work those guys were doing. Jack Grealish isn't doing that. He's there to get the ball and do something with it. And unless he does something with it, his position's redundant. And, you know, <laughs> I think he, I, I, perhaps what if it? he was fully fit, Perhaps if he was fully fit, then then he'd be better able to hurt teams. But at the moment, he's, he's not. He's not hurting anyone. But yeah, at the moment,
2: he's been doing all season. He's been providing <laughs> the He wasn't until the... he got
3: injured. He's he providing to... the We'll,
2: we'll let him come back from injury. I mean, I mean, it's, it sounds very. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what your agenda particularly is against Jack Grealish, but. I mean, he, you know, he, he's been and aus- he's been outstanding all season before he was injured. He's just coming back from injury. I mean, you I know, know ten- yeah, get that Seventy no, minutes against Watford, and, and you're and you're and you're decrying him. It's just it, it's just bizarre. I mean, I'm I'm I mean, be him, to be honest, I if you want him to track back and work it. hard, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that's fine. I want, I want, a I want to see luxury.
0: I want to see luxury players. I want to see skillful players. I want to see entertainers. I'm, I must say, I'm with Andy on this. You know, because what is the point in football if you if you can't have a bit of. He fun. can
2: beat a man. He, he you know, he he, he he sees a pass. He does the unexpected. I mean, you know, but if you just want to be straight down the middle, um,
1: like he have always
2: been, then that's that's that's
0: cross. would you play,
1: be. Mount and Grealish in the same team?
0: Look, I do. <laughs> the thing is with Mount, I think that Mount is more, uh, should we say, adaptable to playing in a central role, and I I I would try. I'd be trying my best to get. Mount Anguilish in the team and I have to say on form you've got to surely go with you know Foden as well yeah. you've somehow got to get a system that, that enables you surely to get your best and most attacking yeah. most exciting skillful players in and if that means destabilising somewhat uprooting the defence a little bit and then maybe in the process if you're missing a Maguire game with a three because you're not sure at the back then so be it I just feel as if Foden finished the season on fire. I mean, you know, he lost the Champions League final, right? But he was arguably City's best player. He's playing, you know, with confidence with, you know, Verve and he's playing on a different level at the moment to Sterling. I don't actually see how Sterling and Rashford get in. And just, just go for it. Just go for it. Really be so exciting with those players. I just feel as if Mount can play. If you're playing with a three, you could maybe play with Rice and Mount more centrally and then and then basically you probably can get everyone else in you know just just find a system and a way to really extenuate the strengths and you know dy- is, dynamic nature of the team
1: when the um, squad was announced and there was obviously a hoo-ha about the four right backs and mm. Alexander Alexander Arnold being included as part of that group mm. Southgate basically argued his case look I've picked the best 26 players to win a tournament and if that happens to be four right-backs in that 26, then so be it. Well, okay, fine. So therefore, if you're going to work on that principle, why don't you work on the same principle when you pick your team for the Croatia game and put your best players, all your best players, in the starting eleven. And yeah. if you do that, you've got to pick Foden, you've got to pick Mount, you've got to obviously pick Kane, you've probably got to yeah. pick Grealish. You know, that's mm. he's got to stick to that principle, surely.
0: Yeah, yeah. The defence really worries me. I drop, really drop it Pickford really and worries and me. Goalie. Hmm? That Pick your
3: best 11 players. You, you drop Pickford and play rush goalies, don't you? Well, to be I mean, honest, after a, last night, Matt, I'd, I'd be having
0: Saka. I'd be having Saka as rush goalie. I'd, I d- I, I, go. He's another one. He's just, we'll he, honestly, the, team as well. the, kid, the, kid, the kid is just, for me, he's he's a well sensational player. I mean, his decision-making for a 19-year-old is just off the scale. He's just, I've never seen anyone like it. He, he always he's, he just never wastes a pass and well, got got to Bellingham well, in Belling. the team as well haven't yeah. we you know sorry
3: we've got to get Bellingham in the team as
0: well yeah. now well I know I know yeah. I'll, play I'll tell what you do, it does seem strange <laughs> it does get it's me defenders. <laughs> it, no, does no, seems, exactly. it
3: does seem strange John you,
2: you, you mentioned the maybe the defensive issues the thing mm. things that come out of last night you know when, when, when actually England kept a clean sheet but I think you're right I think they were in disarray um, certainly later on in the game. And listen, I think we all accept now that Maguire will be very, very lucky to play, well, certainly any part in the group games. Um, I, I'm skeptical whether he plays any part in the tournaments at all. And without him, you do wonder what that defence is going to look like, what that combination is going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. in, in, this, in, the, in the central area, I do think you, know, you, you highlighted the Ming's rush of blood that wasn't noticed, you know, Conor Cody, while he was very vocal last night, I don't think, you know, looked particularly um, sort of sound um, yeah, last night. I
0: thought he's a bit of a two. I do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I, I just think, you know, that is where the worry is. You know, that is where, mm. without Maguire, you assume they'll probably play um, a three. Um, but then you look at the person on that three, presumably it'd be John Stones. Um, maybe even Carl Walker and say Conor Cody um, or Mings, um, and you know I'm not sure it doesn't fully. Really, as as one of the lads, I can't remember whether it was you, Jeremy, or Matt who mentioned it. You know, when it's okay against Austria, but when you're coming up against you know mm-hmm. a forward line, say that someone like France can can produce, they could play France in the in the in the first knockout round. Of course, you know it's a different story against um, Mbappe and Griezmann. Um, and others so I think that, that is probably the, the worry that, the, that he's got and you know and, and and as much as we laugh about it you know the, the, those options you know with Alexander Arnold out listen maybe if he is out Alexander Arnold maybe he'll replace him with, with a defender you know maybe, uh, maybe a Ben White um, mm. or Ben Godfrey I
0: thought he was terrific Ben White when he came on last night you know yeah. ben, and ben White was going to cracker well, I know no, ben, White, ben White is a terrific England England player oh, yes. so, in the making, in my, in my view. But, um, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the Austria, Austria team is led by a manager who's under incredible pressure at the moment. The fans calling for his head. He's the first German to ever manage Austria. He's accused of being far, far, far too conservative with his tactics and picking a ridiculous amount of players in the German Bundesliga, which hasn't gone down well. In Austria, and, then, and yet Southgate has, I feel, as if, you know, taken a bit of criticism. It's not, not often he gets it this week, but by including the four backs. If we lose Trent, one of those, uh, trademark, obviously, copyright Trent, um, who, who, I'll go around the room, if you like, go around the virtual room, who would you bring in to replace Alexander-Arnold? Jeremy, let's start with you.
1: We go
0: move on to someone else. While I have a little think about it. No, that's, that's why we I,
1: come to you to put. I
2: say what I uh, do. Yeah. Good to be fair. I will go Jesse Lingard, no. well, another well, I, will, I will go Jesse Lingard. Well, I, I, I just think the the, the, the squad of twenty six allows you to have um, an extra attacking option. We don't. know. I mean, no matter what Gareth says, you know. And I thought he was a bit touchy when he when he was um, asked about the four right back questions. Mm-hmm. You know this. This line that I'm taking the best footballers, you know, I don't see. I don't. He says you may see them as four right backs, you know. I see them as four footballers. Yeah, yeah, that's all well and good. But the bottom line is, the reason why we see them as four right backs is that every single week we see them play, they're playing right back. No, you know, I mean, normally they're playing right backs. They are four right backs. He doesn't need four right backs, you know. And and the fact of the matter is, is that is that an extra attacking option is you can get one in a squad of 26 and one of those four shouldn't be going anyway now Mm -hmm. you can take your pick it might be you know some people might think you know well okay we don't need Kieran Trippier some people might think you know not Reese James some people might think not um, Alexander Arnold John to give him his full surname and or some might think Kyle Walker not many would think that but you know, I think this allows him to get a little bit more balance in the squad. You know, I mean the bottom line is is that over a quarter of the outfield players are fullbacks. You know, we mm-hmm. have six fullbacks in the team. You know, I mean, don't forget you know, fullbacks can generally operate on either flank as well. You know, Kane Trippier was operating mm. on the left flank last night. So we don't need six fullbacks. And you know, no matter how good footballers they are, we don't need six fullbacks. So take five and take an extra attacking off and take Jesse Lingard. I mean maybe one of the guys will take Ollie Watkins and and you know, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. But for me, Lingard in um he's had a good end of the season. He scores stuff, he creates stuff, he helped create the goal, Matt, um, as well as Grealish, and um and he's done well before first uh, and has yeah. and, and has tournament experience. So to me, yeah, Lingard. I thought night. Lingard.
3: Lingard. He's not played yeah. like he wanted to last night. But what I would say again, and it sort of comes back to the mentioned, touched upon it earlier. If we're going to win, score goals, we've got to find a way of getting the ball in that net. And I think having a player like James Wall prowse who can score a free kick mm. is another dimension. If, I mean, Greedish, for, he, he does draw a foul. He's, he's brilliant at it. You're not playing in the Well, if late in the game... So you're playing you know, more proud much, to I see the few kicks that Greenish isn't going to get. The, the, the trouble with Jess Lingard is I don't think anyone gets particularly excited if we're chasing a game and Jess Lingard comes to the touchline ready to come on. Um, as much as he's a great team player, I don't think he's the sort of impact player that that perhaps a Greenish would be if he doesn't start. Um, you know, give me... But, in tandem with that, you need someone to be able to make the most of what Greedish gets for us, which is free kicks around the box, set pieces. And I'm surprised that Wolprouse wasn't in it because he's such a Southgate player mm. um, you know, through the years. You know, I think he must be one of the most disappointed. And coming back to the four right back thing though, the fact that we're struggling to find a number a 26th man to go or 27th man to go into the squad. Shows quite, I think, why Southgate chose four right backs in the first place is because, you know, it does dry up fairly quickly the talent pool beyond, you know, what what he already put in. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, my my personal vote would be for Prouse, but Lingard for the way he, he went about things last night, I think, deserves serious consideration.
0: Yeah, Jesse, come on, giving you the build build up. Man. I
1: thought I thought Lingard deserved to be in the squad just because of his experience. He's had a great season, you know. Look, basically, West Ham, he's got mm-hmm. West Ham into the Europa League mm-hmm. places this season, so he's been brilliant for West Ham, and he's got that spark about him. And he? he just looks a revived player, back to that sort of player he was in 2018. My only issue with that is it's another another sort of player who Southgate. Has to think about in terms of shoehorning into a starting possible starting 11. So, my temptation would be to pick Lingard. Lingard, My head would say, Let's you would better pick another defender or even a midfielder because we've got five midfielders in the squad. Um, Mm. but Ben White did well when he came on, although it's a big ask to pick someone without you know, with such inexperience to go into a tournament like that. Um, and Godfrey's had a great season. Uh, for his club so you know they are two promising players it's just whether you would risk picking one of them to provide cover and if they're called upon would they be able to handle the pressure of that situation so it's an awkward one but you've got, look ultimately you want, you've want you got to score goals to win games and Lingard can do that or help us yeah. do that
2: yeah yeah absolutely
0: he's
1: got a belt in
2: <laughs> well, in the World Cup if I remember
0: yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, let's move on to club matters. And Andy, I'm going to start with you on mm-hmm. this one because you, you know this club very well. Yeah. Carlo Ancelotti. Now, I've got to say, you know, I, I was so surprised that A, Real Madrid went back. <laughs> B, Carlo Ancelotti did, uh, all right, and I'll say it, did the dirty. I'm just. I love Carlo Ancelotti. His charm. He's. 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 You know. He's a gent, isn't he? He's one of the football's great gentlemen. It just feels so wrong. I, I actually can't believe he's done this. I. I, I think he's got away with quite. A, you know. Relatively little criticism. Actually, I think you know he's taken a bit. But how do Everton fans feel? I mean, I just. I'm staggered by this. I'm genuinely staggered by this.
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I think you know. If, if you say, "Can you believe someone has left Everton for Real Madrid?" then, well, yeah, it, it, it's eminently believable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just okay. that's a, a simple fact. Someone, someone, I, I should have noted who it was, but oh, I, I'm right. nicking someone's line off Twitter. But an Everton fan wrote, um, um, "Just wait till, just wait till our next grudge match against Real Madrid." Uh, dot dot dot. You know. So the implication being, well, you know, there's not going to be one for a very long time because. Everton are unlikely to be competing in that sphere. So, so that's, that's the issue, you know. And don't forget also, Everton fans are, not, are now sort of like, they have got a great sense of humour. It's a dark sense of humour considering what they've been through for, for 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 years. And, and you know, we can now look at it and, and, and you can look at it and say, well, you know, three of Everton's uh, recent managers, one is manager of Barcelona, one is manager of Real Madrid, and another is manager of possibly um, one of the warm favourites to win... Euro 2020, which is it, uh, Roberto Martinez, so manager of Belgium. So, so, so that's not bad. I think listen, Everton fans are, you know, they 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 are they, clearly not they're, they're not fantasists. They, they they realize that Ancelotti, yes, probably does have a special tie with Real Madrid, but more importantly, has a special tie with with any mega club, doesn't he? Like mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, when they came knocking out of the blue, then you know he's swapping, you know. um, He's, he's swapping Everton for, for Madrid. And on a personal level, you if that opportunity was afforded to you as a player, as a as whatever anyone associates with the club, you might you might go for it. Um hmm. any idea, we all know that the loyalty amongst managers is, is, is you know it's a two-way streak. I mean, they've shown no loyalty. If the results go bad, they get sacked. So when this opportunity comes along, having said all that. You know, what really is dispiriting is the idea that 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 Ancelotti um you know seemed to seem to throw himself into the club, you know, you know, sort of spoke about the club, spoke about leading him into a new stadium, spoke about, you know, a project, you know, is as though well, you know, he he was part of it. Um, and those who suspected that the the biggest factor in getting him to Everton was Farhad Mashiri's money. We've you know, vindicated, I and mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, I don't really know what else. You know, I, I think what's important is that is is that now is that we don't. Yeah, you know, we, we you can be angry about Angelotti, you know, as much as you want, an Everton fan, but it's going to get you nowhere. What what the club now needs to do is to think about the type of character they appoint as the next manager. That that is the most important thing now. And what do you do? So big dunk, you know, I mean... To, to Nuno,
0: Nuno, come on then, Nuno. Well,
2: well, well, well Nuno, listen, what I, what I would say is, is, is what, what they need, Everton, um, and what I think, you know, they need to address it, is, so do you have a plan for appointing your next manager? Do you go, listen, you, you know, do you go down the Ancelotti route again and see if there's a, a name out there, you know, a Benitez, I mean, heaven forbid, who who might fit that bill? basically a, a coaching galactica, well, because of the kind of you know because of obvious connections. Do you go down that route, knowing knowing that, that might uh, you know that they might well go, go elsewhere? Yeah. Or do you go down the route where you think you know what? And this sounds a little bit defeatist, but to the extent where go down and employ a manager who you know is going to see a long-term plan through, assuming the results go okay. In other words, someone who's not going to be poached by Real Madrid, um, someone who's not, you know, a a, a relatively young manager who is on board with the entire project, who for him, Everton is the biggest and best that he could hope for. Eddie Howe springs to my mind. I mean, Eddie Howe springs to my mind. I think, you know, is Eddie Howe ever in his career going to be um, enticed or tempted or courted by, say, a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or even a Manchester United, um, as David Moyes was? I don't think so. But is he the type of character, that if you turn around to and say, here, we're going to invest this in the team, I and mean, this is how we see it going, this is how our director of football sees it going, this is we're going to move into a new stadium, this is a um, a gradual re-establishing of Everton as the force they should be, which is which is a big, big club in the Premier League. And do you try and get a man and a group who, who, will, who will turn around and say, well, th- this is our, like, you know, this is their ultimate project. And to me, something like that would be the ultimate challenge for someone like Eddie Howe. You know, mm-hmm. managing Everson wasn't an ultimate challenge for Carlo Ancelotti. It almost sounds when he says, oh, thanks for having a chance to manage such a historic club, slightly patronising and slightly, mm-hmm. oh, it's a pleasant interlude in his career. And now I'm going to resume my time on the merry-go-round of big elite European clubs. That's what it sounds like now at Ancelotti. Mm. Let's get someone who who actually will see a project through. To him, it would be the be-all and end-all. He will see it long-term-wise. And I don't think Ancelotti did that. Um, And certainly, obviously, when Real Madrid can call them, they didn't. So I think it's, it's what they get right. Is it a kick in the teeth for Everton fans? Absolutely it is. But is it one that was always, always, no matter how slim you thought, Always a possibility. Yep, of course it was. Ancelotti's a a European elite coach, part of that cabal of elite coaches, and they tend to get moved around um, quite regularly.
0: Mm. You've really surprised me there, because I just think almost what you're saying about Eddie Howe is is saying, well, you know, let's put a limit on what we go for, because frankly, you know, if we go higher, then we'll just lose him anyway, which seems remarkably defeatist. I, yeah. I, I, guess, but, I guess others would say realistically. Well, what's
2: you, happened in recent you know. history, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I and get that. I, mean, I get that. Yeah, and, and it sounds that way, I guess. And I, and, and I guess you're, you're right. Um, but it guess is a left-field
1: option, don't you What about Gerard?
0: Yeah, I so heard what, them I mean, discussing that on the radio this morning. On the, dro- I mean, yeah, the long he's, drive he's, he's back from
1: Middlesbrough. He's clearly ready for a, a job in English football. Is I know. He's I know. Rafa Benitez races.
0: is definitely more likely than that. I'm surprised that yeah. you're so dismissive, Andy, about... Rafa simply because you know it was interesting to me this week early in the week Demi Carragher was saying Rafa would be a perfect fit I,
2: I saw think Rafa's yeah. up
0: for like, Rafa's clearly up for a job back in the I saw country. that yeah I,
2: I, I, I think you slightly underestimate and maybe I think Carragher was probably being um, I mean shock or a little bit mischievous um, other that suggestion you know I, I, I do think that, that while while you know you have had movements between the two clubs I think a new Everton manager who Everton fans would want to be completely and utterly um, um, committed um, and immersed in the, in the long-term project in the same way, say the Klopp um, was at Liverpool, I suspect an ex-Liverpool manager or a living Liverpool legend, such so as Steven Gerrard, might not go down too well.
0: I mean, Tottenham. Big donkey be me I mean... shouted, Jesse. You're right, we're because... going. Oh, boy, I don't know about Big dunker, Tottenham. No, but, um, no, no. I mean, Tottenham now just seemed to be... I mean, they're moving towards Antonio Conte, but, you know, they clearly tried other ports in the storm first, and it feels like they're moving towards Conte. And Matt, do you think the motivation is right for Conte? Because we know what, how combustible, how argumentative, how combative... Conte is is that a good fit for Tottenham and Daniel Levy
3: I think his appointment would destroy the club as firmly as that because it's combustible between Levy and the fans at the moment he's written them an abject apology about the Super League in Mm. which case where he said he's promised the next appointment would go back to the principles of the club attacking creative football and then the next minute he's talking to Antonio Conte Who's Chelsea for a start? Doesn't play attacking football particularly. I quite like his he, football.
0: I've got to say, I quite like not, his football.
3: But he's kind of pigeonholed as not Spursy. Um, right. He's basically he's another he's another Mourinho Mourinho plus, if you like, an attempt to try and scoop mm. some silverware. And it shows mm. what Levy thinks of the fans if he appoints him. And when it goes wrong between the pair of them, because I don't think. That necessarily, like you say, that could be an accident waiting to happen. Mm. Then you've got absolute turmoil at the club again. All the time, when you've got fans back, you've got to start filling a 60,000 stadium. Spurs have done that under Pochettino. They they weren't, you know, at White Hart Lane, there wasn't queues of season ticket. I mean, they've got to get show they're a big enough club to fill that stadium every week with the right players on the pitch and actually compete at the top of the game. And Pochettino, as soon as he came close to doing that, they sacked him, um, you know, on a blip at the start of a season. So I think going back to Pochettino makes a lot more sense for the club because it shows that Levy has at least some sort of sense of rapport with the fans. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, and obviously the pair of them will get on. It won't be the same again, and it never is. But... But Conte just seems to be a, a slap across the face of those Spurs fans who, you know, don't want him at the club anyway. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's sticking two fingers up to them.
0: Yeah. It, did, it really struck me as a strange one, as things obviously moving apace yesterday particularly. Just bearing in mind the previous week, you know, this the smoke signals were very much still going for Poitino. And then basically... Mm you know, Conte is on the list but basically maybe far down simply because of this reputation and because he's high maintenance and we've, we've you know, just had this experience with Jose Mourinho and it seemed to me that Conte was, you know, it, it, is, it is a strange one and yet another, you know, I mean, for people who don't understand the dy- dynamics of, of, of London football, I mean, there's real hatred there and rivalry between Tottenham and Chelsea and it's just, you know, <laughs> It's, uh, it's Chelsea's number one enemies as well. So I don't know whether that sort of slightly taints Conte's legacy at Stanford Bridge, but it's certainly an interesting one. Let's look at the um, uh, Player of the Year and the PFA nominations. We should stress on this one that basically the, uh, the votes, I think, were cast by the players in um, uh, in mid-May. So it does seem crazy. Here's the thing. We all rave about N'Golo Kante and say, oh, he's fabulous, isn't he? You know, he's amazing, you know, delivers yet another performance, you know, out of the top draw in the European Cup final. He's fabulous. And yes, the voting has been cast, but we're not saying that, that, that Kante is the best midfielder of his type in the world based on one performance, are we? And yet still he doesn't make the shortlist, which... You know, either he either is or he isn't. You shouldn't be judging, all, you know, players on one game, if, if you see what I mean. So, all these times are kind of the players saying, oh, journalists don't know what they're talking about. Well, funny enough, this was voted by the players. Not that I should rub it in, but, I just, I, you know, I, mean, I, I, I went for Ruben Diaz in the Football Writers. So, I think, you know, you're always going to only sort of not see past the, the main nomination, are you? But, I mean,
1: the thing it is just struck me
0: it's bizarre.
1: You look at the list, and the first that came on a press release, didn't it, yesterday? And the first Mm. thing that jumps out of you is, Where is Mgolo Kante on that list? Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, my eyes nearly popped out of my head. I'm thinking, Mm. So then I ascertained when the voting finished, which was middle of May. Yeah. Okay, fine. But (laughs) this guy's won a Champions League for Chelsea. He's been the outstanding player in the final. He's not just achieved that. Over, we knew how good a player he was before the voting yep. was counted. He's not just become an incredible player in the last fortnight. He helped Chelsea get in the top four. He helped um, he helped them get to the cup final, FA Cup final. Mm. I just think, well, it's a simple solution: to put the voting back till the end of end of May, until the Champions League is decided, yeah. if it involves English teams, and let's pick a winner then. Because look, mm. I like you vote for Diaz who clearly had a bad game um, in Porto, who's nowhere to be seen when um, Havertz went through the middle to score the winning goal. And actually, a lot of those players on that list, I know we just can't judge them on one game, but a lot of those players on that list, the City players in particular, didn't have a night to remember in Porto. I just think it's unfair for someone who is clearly the best player in his position in the world not to be considered, I mean, Kante, knowing Kante, he probably doesn't care does he but he's a pretty laid back guy but I just think it's staggering that the system
3: is set up to allow something like this to happen
0: yeah it is, it is I, I'm really surprised really John one.
3: I'm surprised behind the scenes nobody got hold of all the votes for Kane and put a little yeah. T in between the N and the E and added them to the ones that were voted for Pante and they yeah. probably could have got over the line because yeah. I mean yeah it's clearly it's, it's you know when you look at the end of season awards it's, it's, it's a glaring omission
0: well, no, it is a, a bizarre one. It is a bizarre. Listen, I'd have Harry Kane in there all day long because as an individual, like it, well, yeah, but... you know, fantastic. You know, hey, look, all of the players on the list really deserve
1: fun. to be on the list. Well, the only one, okay. okay. okay but the, 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 so, well, the problem is that one of the most deserving players to be on there, if not win it, is not even on the list. That's the issue. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean
0: the only one I'd slightly have is, issue is Fernandez. Really. I. I you know. I'd have Canto Fernandes if i look looking oh, to edge oh, one out Gund- <laughs> Gundogan Gundogan I think had a wonderful purple patch when, when City yeah. were firing and deserves yeah. to be in there absolutely the
1: the yeah. Yeah. yeah fabulous
0: and that was the pivotal period wasn't it in their title chase and that's why they won the title I do and think what, what ultimately of
2: United ended up doing it doesn't matter what United is it I mean Fernandez has been you know outstanding for Manchester United and it is actually called the player of the season, as in the entire season, mm-hmm. not just the player of May, that's called Player of the Month Award. Um and you know, it's it, it, I, I I heard no one, absolutely no one. Now let's let, let, let let's get our hands up here, chaps. We had the Football Writers Association uh, award, yes? And mm. when we voted for it on our voting closed um and on the first weekend of May, I think. And how mm. many voted in Golo Kante again? Well none no is, uh, is probably the answer, I, I would have thought. You know, none of us were touting in Golo Kante as a possible footballer of the year before he was outstanding we don't get in the to champion. choose.
0: We don't get to choose six, do we?
2: No, well, 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 he wasn't so in our top six, let's put it that therefore. way. No, no, hang on, guys, hang on, guys. We all talking about a player of the season, as in the entire season, which started, uh, you know, which starts by in, well, then mm. when this one started September, wasn't it, or, or and goes on for the, for the entire season. I didn't hear anyone, I didn't read anyone. Um, at the end of April, suggested Angola Kante was in any way, shape or form, a viable contender... For the football of the year, I just didn't hear it. Now, w- what we're saying was: was he outstanding in the two Champions League semi-finals and the final? Absolutely, he was. Was he the player of those games? Absolutely, he was. Was his form over the entire season? Was his form consistently good enough? Was he in the side enough? Was he was he consistent no enough? Yeah, over the yes, exactly. Was he yep. consistent enough over the entire season to be? the player of the season. Listen, he may well win the Ballon d'Or, you know, to take into account what he, how he performed in those Champions League games. But, you know, they're not, you're not picking your, it's an age-old debate. Do you pick on, on individual games when you play well in important games or when you are absolutely crucial to them winning trophies? Well, then you can if you want. But as in consistency, consistency over an entire season, being consistently good over an entire season... Fernandes is here, to be on it. Ruben Diaz is to win our award. And that's why Kante wasn't there. I mean, it's, it's revisionism of that highest order just to say, well, you it know, is it's a is great Andy, that Kante's not there. Because he uh, had a good yeah. game against City. It is, Andy. I think why the voting process the year so we live in the year 2021. We live in
0: the year 2021, don't we? Yes. Basically. Technology yes. is, you know, is king. Is everything. Why on earth do we have Player of the Year, Football of the Year, from di- the different bodies? And I'm a member of the FWA. Yes, Before yeah, I the the of the end of the season, <laughs> I mean, the PFA have got a virtual event on Sunday, which is after, uh, you know, frankly, after the end of the season. It's not even, you know, it's not even a posh dinner. It's basically, is like, I just don't understand why you can't it, collate these votes after the final game. It's like, I, I mean, I love, you know, I, I've, I've been watching lots of box sets and lots of movies lately because, you know, the things to do and all that sort of stuff. And you see them nominated and win the BAFTAs. Well, they don't judge the film ten minutes, you know, on the, the you know the film up until the last ten minutes, do they? It's the most ridiculous no, 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 thing, no, exactly, most ridiculous, but, but antiquated, outdated system. Because if 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 the but, votes but have been know. cast after the Champions League final and Gola Can'te makes yeah. the shortlist of both, it's is embarrassing.
2: No, the process well, 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 is no. embarrassing. The process is embarrassing. Okay, John. You know, you you don't you don't judge you don't judge uh, uh, um, the the Bafta or the Oscars on the first ten minutes of a film. Likewise, you don't just judge it on the last ten minutes of a film. There isn't an Oscar for the best ending to a movie, you know. And, and no, and but you is, wouldn't you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't no, say no, no, it's no, a, move, a move, and Kante, movie of the and Kante, year basically Kante's, without watching the last ten minutes. I mean, I mean, Kante wins the award for for best ending to a season without a doubt. He, he is the player of the latter part of the season. Is he? And let's face it, when we're judging our awards, we tend to judge them. It's not actually in the parameters of the award, but we tend to judge them on the Premier League, don't we? We tend to judge the contributions of the Premier League. Hence why Angola Kante won Player of the Year and Football of the Year in 2016-17 for his contribution to Leicester City's title. That's why he was given that award. We judge it over the whole season, over the 50-odd games that these players play, that Diaz played. We judge it over the 50-odd games he played. We don't judge it over Diaz having one bad night in Porto or Kante having a good night in Porto. We know Kante's a fantastic player. He was a worthy winner then. And I'm mm. sure he, you know, few people would have quibbled about him if he'd been on the shortlist. But the fact of the matter is, it's over the entire piece. You know, Again, you know, I, I, I refer to the fact that I read very little or heard very little ahead of the end of April about Kante having an outstanding season. In fact, if I heard anything, I heard that he hadn't been as effective as he normally is. I didn't see that much of him because I didn't see Chelsea there often live. But if I read anything, it was the, you know... What, I read mean, what happened to N'Golo Kante. Oh, hang on, he's player of the year. But, Dunny, you know,
1: you, you use the film analogy.
2: Yes, I know. Come on.
1: Don't we judge a film on how good the ending is. I do. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. How good an ending to a film is determines whether you like it or not. And I just think across right? he says... It's a simple thing. Can't we just change the procedure where all the votes are count, cast and counted at the end of May mm.
3: after ridiculous.
1: all the games of, European games have been finished and then we have a, a winner, a fair winner? So, no, yeah, what, I just think but it what, takes place what, too what, early, that's all. I what, what would be
2: fair about someone winning a player of the season award on the back of three or four good
1: games at the end of a season? But Kante's mm-hmm. played more than three or four good games.
2: He's just finished off a good season. Thing, I haven't been reading much about them prior to prior to this. Well, he's the, turned the what was a good season
1: into a wonderful one He won the Champions League. Season, League.
2: Yes. I mean, I mean, I see, it's how you want to judge isn't it how you, you
0: add yeah, a judge just on, think on it's the entire piece the
1: votes piece. To cast too soon that's all. yeah, yeah they I mean, really well, I mean, I mean, the really,
0: really are I, I'm I mean, more upset by the process rather than the um, rather than the outcome I, the know, process I, I, just, I just don't think we can say that Angola Kante is, is you know has reinvented the midfield role which arguably he has and, and then basically just judge it purely on the one game you know, he's he's either that outstanding player, or he's not, and that's that's my point. But you know, I'm on my high horse here. But you know, well, yeah, he's
1: going to win then
0: anyway. He's going to win it. Wow, well, I, I don't know. Be bound a City, Golden, to be bound to be, bound I, think, to be a City I think Ruben player. Diaz will win again. It's got to be Ruben from, Diaz, yeah, for,
2: for recognition of what he's done over the entire season. You know, and yeah. and, and, and that's what. I mean, there are, by the way, the, the process. You know, it, it's a, it's a long bit. It's just a question of when you want your your award to, to be announced. And you know, both the football writers and and, and the players, uh, the PFA, you know, wanted to be, wanted to be relevant. Basically, you know, wanted mm. to be while well as football, you know, it's at it the crescendo of a season, rather yeah, than say, uh, okay, okay well, well, let's all vote now, and everyone's yeah. gone off on holiday. And and you you mentioned in sort of June you know, mm. the Canters, your.
1: The Young Player of the Year award's a big call as well, and you've got Foden, Saka, Rice, and Mount.
2: Yeah, I yeah.
0: mean,
1: for good luck picking a winner out of Foden and Well, Mount, I, 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 I surely I'd favorites. be
0: looking between Foden or Mount. Surely, yeah.
3: that's a big call, isn't it? The, the, the both yeah. is deserving of yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely fantastic. fantastic. They need a sort of
3: two-tier category for that, though, because that feels like CBBC and CBBs all wrapped in together. You need a sort of like a Young Player of the Year and a toddlers player of the year because some of those players are so young that it's almost like a different, yeah, five years between uh Foden and uh and someone like Trent Alexander Arnold. I think we've got so much young talent coming through that, that perhaps we need a yeah, a, a nippers player of the year or whatever for all those teen, yeah, specifically for teenagers because because some of those, yeah, like you say, Trent Alexander Arnold's been around for ages, hasn't he? So mm. you know, it's uh, I'm just
0: impressed, Matt, that you're expanding your uh, range of television viewing. It's great.
3: Well,
0: absolutely.
2: Well, yeah. Every day's a
3: school day. <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, is right. from Mr. Tumble. <laughs> absolutely.
2: <laughs> I met, met Mr. tumble.
0: <laughs> 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 well, doesn't that surprise me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. I'm gonna finish. Right. On the. I think this is a good one. For, I hope you've done your. I hope you've done your homework, guys, and read the script here, because you know. But I'll, so I'll just in case you haven't. I'm going to start on, you right. off with one. Um, so, and and this is a bit of a broad broad one, right? What is the funniest, best, weirdest moment we're covering in an international tournament? <laughs> well, I'm going to start you off with uh, 2002, uh, going to the Japanese training camp, uh, the Argentinian training camp, I should say, yeah. in the middle of nowhere in rural Japan. I'm sure I bored everyone on this panel since this, since this with this little silly story. And basically, it moved back oh, to the opening yeah. training session, and uh, press conference uh, back a bit. And basically, so me and a colleague from another paper, a red-top paper, basically hours, hours to kill. So he thought, right, I'm going to go and get a haircut in this little Japanese village. And anyway, no one spoke English at all in the village. And so I thought, you know, so he's thinking, how am I going to show that I want basically the clippers on my haircut, basically, I want a number five all over and he's going number five he's sort of you know holding that up and sort of trying to sort of remonstrate with him get the Clippers number five and then finally he sees a picture on the front page of the paper of Rio Ferdinand and, the, and he points this out and the, and the barber gets very excited oh yes uh, um, Rio Ferdinand and suddenly there's communication the, the, you know the, the international language barrier is broken and the guy sits sits my power down gets out the Clippers and carves into the back of his head a number five.
1: <laughs> Squad number.
0: Squad, Squad number. number.
2: <laughs> and basically, then,
0: so he doesn't go five all over, he just carves five into the back of his head and has to shave <laughs> the whole lot off so it all matches. I thought, I thought anyway, he might anyway, but
1: there you go. The brutal, the brutal Tabasco sauce fight in Rio crossing.
0: No, no, no. If you're looking for the story, Jeremy, come on, far away. Come on, Jeremy.
1: Well, mine sort of involves me, but um, in Rio in 2014, I was um, found guilty of a slight indiscretion at the England training camp stroke media center and was frog-marched off the premises with another colleague by two FA people um, in stony silence, having felt, made to feel like I've been shameful, made to feel shameful for doing something really wrong. And um, it was sort of that look that the FA guys gave me. It was sort of quite demeaning. And then literally three days later, I was in a part of Rio having a beer and a night out. And the very same person was walking towards me with um, a couple of lady friends on each arm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he took one look at me and another colleague and went white as a sheet and these these... Ladies dispersed into the night, never to be seen again, and um, came over and pretended all was normal and bought us beers for the rest of the night. Not I'm saying he felt guilty or anything, but he, he bought us beers for us the, the night. So that's, that was quite an amusing episode. There's so many actually, because you know you go on these trips around the world, and a lot of them can't be um, made public. Can they?
0: No, possibly not,
1: Matt.
3: Well, my my international trips occasionally a little bit more wholesome than yours, Jeremy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 2000, 2006 and in the infamous caravan. When uh, a great
1: idea to
3: turn me round Germany in a caravan, decked out in England kit. Um, so doing that tournament, drawing up at various campsites near training grounds where. Where there's nobody, no football around at all because they're in the leafy midst of Germany and it's just me on my own in a caravan in a family holiday park. So that didn't automatically make people look at me a little bit strangely. Um, but one place, Baden Baden, near Baden Baden, there was a lovely campsite while you're all in your luxury hotel with the wags. Um, I was in the caravan at the bottom of the hill and, um, uh, and I built up a bit of a rapport with everyone at the campsite. Yeah, we watched the evening game on the screen that they put up at the campsite. Yeah, I felt, got to know a few of the locals there, mainly Germans. Um, but yeah, we all watched the, the games together. and great. Uh, and rather touchingly, as I, as I left to head on to the latter stages of the tournament after England uh, got knocked off, out, um, loads of people, as I drove out, were waving, all stood there at the gates waving to me. But I thought that's touching, so I started waving back. And then they waved to me even more. And I thought, oh, that's, they, that's really got on with me. So I'm waving back again. And then they said, no, no, look. And I've forgotten to unplug my electrical cable and I had a 50-foot cable trailing behind me <laughs> at the back of the caravan. <laughs> and they wanted to warn me before I knocked some kid out. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the adventures in the caravan were, were, were a slightly different international trip, definitely.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember John? <laughs> uh, you, you, you just talk about uh about Japan, there's so many stories um from Japan. I mean, not least of which with that Sven took us on a pre-World Cup training camp to an island off South Korea called Sheju, a honeymoon island. Yes. I mean, typical Sven. And um and that was one of the most uh, remarkable trips um uh, that we that we had. But also, do you remember when after beating Argentina? Um, in Sapporo, and one of the lads from the press association got on the wrong coach. The next day, we were staying in the same hotel as the Argentinian team. Yes, and I yes, think it was. Yes. Was it? Was it John Curtis? Is that? No, no, not assistant. John Curtis. It oh, was it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. And when he yeah. said got on the coach that we, we, we were staying with in the same hotel as the Argentinian team. When it went the next morning. John was on the on the got on the wrong coach and and like you know I, I, quite a character. I, I, I think he was a bit short-sighted. steadfastly refused 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 to remove, to, to to move even though Batastuta was saying to him, "Listen, mate, look look down there and he's pointing out I don't know all the other players who was playing that game for Rotten." And he said, "No, no, that's your coach." And of course, we're on the other ones. But Matt Matt mentions to me, as you say, so many. But Matt mentions. Um, uh, Barden Barden and the Wags Hotel, I mean, which I was fortunate enough to spend a month in. And really, I mean, you'd have to have a separate podcast on that entire experience. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there has been mm-hmm. that entire experience. I mean, you know, I mean, just, 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 just I, I don't know. The, the mushroom marketing was every morning when you went down for breakfast and the Wags would go straight to get the newspapers. The English newspapers would come in and bang, they'd all be gone. And, and of course, they were looking to see if they'd been pictured. You know on the front of this newspaper and if they hadn't then then they then quite coincidentally they, they one of them would get you know into a training gear and go out and have a public workout in the park and it was just and then if you remember it, it, was, it was it was quite fraught between the the press and and the wags and their families because obviously you know we've written stuff about their loved ones all 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 season some of it might not be you know very complimentary so after a few beers at night all that came out but of course God rest his soul. Um, Neville, Neville in Barn, Barn was him, the, the guy who sort of took it upon himself to have a, to be um, a coordinator of, of the social activities, and um, and he was brilliant. But um, I just remember, I remember um, one night, um, and they were all, and we were having a drink with Neville, and, and we had to point out that there had been this picture of him with all the wags in in in, in the restaurant. What was the restaurant called? I can't remember what it was it called. Oh. They, they adopted a restaurant and and basically it sort of reached a peak where where it was almost surreal I mean it was almost surreal what, what was going on there and and it was just as I say so many tales from there and and as um, as the lad say so many that, that can't be repeated but that is when you actually thought England I think that was that was a point at which you thought you know that's never going to happen again with England like you know that was that was peak Sven. and it was just the, as I say there was a tale every day. You know, you'd be bumping into posh in the lift. You'd be you'd be having a chat with Colleen, you know, at the bar, and it was just surreal. The whole thing was just surreal. Yeah, and of course, and then yeah. on the day before the game, the day before the game, every time a day before the game, you think, what's going on here? Like, who are these people just coming to? Because it's quite strict security, but these like three or four people would come into the the sort of function room and get all this gear out and whatever. And it was people from um, a fake tan company. who were coming in to, to to get everyone fake tanned up for for the next day's game, in prep for the next day's game, a pre match, pre match makeup.
0: Oh my word!
2: It was great. Fantastic. But what I would say is, is that it almost by the end of it, you know, everyone got on great, and 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 and, and you know. Mainly, it was just it was a nice atmosphere. Funny, but it was just you know surreal. That's to be said. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bloody. No, that, that was um, great memories. I have to say that was ridiculous. That was the soap opera at its It's never been it, repeated since, has it? You it, know, it ne- 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 never,
2: ever been repeated. I remember, yeah. uh, and of course, I, remember, I actually we, we mentioned Jamie Carragher. I remember his family was staying down. <laughs> in, in, they weren't actually staying in the hotel, but they were staying in a in a in a in a, in a sort of um, a smaller. Hotel, like a bed and breakfast. Great, great, great family. You know, brilliant characters. Um, and and that was called the House of Scouts. And uh, and 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 they would come down. They would march down to the hotel, and they were brilliant fun. I remember playing golf with with, with Jamie's dad, Philly. Brilliant guy. And. Uh, and I remember we playing and they were playing an England kit that they would Nick from, from, from the England train session. Not Nick, sorry, Fantastic. not Nick Borrow or, or was 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 requirements. Um, and it was just yeah it, it was a it was a great it was a great experience and as I say it won't be repeated again, but you know, I I think I think actually the players quite liked having the families there, albeit I think yeah. some were a little bit embarrassed by some of the headlines every day. Fantastic! Love it, love it. I don't think we'll ever see that again, but there you go, there you go. No, it's great, great fun,
0: guys. Thanks so much for joining, us. and uh, thanks everyone at home for for, um, for watching. It's been uh, it's been a, a good uh, this time. It's week, by the way. Well, the Euros yeah. be right upon us, would not it? Really, you know, incredible. It seems almost surreal saying it. Actually, it doesn't seem um, doesn't seem possible. But there you go. Anyway, we're looking forward to it.
3: And so much for your company.